Utah's best sports radio is on the Zone Sports Network. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is... And it's time to kick off Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's a big show. Is everybody ready? Today is Tuesday, right? Take extra care to follow the instructions or you'll be put to sleep. And don't forget Taco Tuesdays. Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day, your week, your month, your lives. We greatly appreciate it. Big thanks as well to our title sponsor, Mountain America Credit Union. Get 0% interest on all purchases through May of this year with the new Mountain America credit card. For details, visit macu.com or call one 800 748 Four three zero two. In fact, we're gonna we're hoping to partner with Mountain America on some uh, fun stuff. Uh, well, you know, fun stuff or, or unique stuff with the show uh, during these times. Uh, we can tease that. That that hopefully is coming up soon. Uh, joining us now, of course, from the Monson Estate, or at least we hope, joining us now from the Monson Estate, the one, the only, Gordon Monson. Gordon, hello. How are you today, Jake? How are you, Austin? Hope everybody's doing well. Uh, I'm doing fine. Uh, doing the, the weather nice outside. I took a walk, Gordon, with my toddler. Did you? I was I was stroller Good. guy today as uh, I was out there rolling along. It was kind of fun, you know, waving at neighbors or whatever as we uh, keep our distance. But getting outside, getting some fresh air, it's not a bad thing, right? No, not at all. I took a drive today, Jake. How'd it go? This is the first time I've been in a car, actually driven a driven in a car for I think it's been uh, over two weeks. Did you get the so, uh, Did you get the Lotus out from under the tarp? No, I didn't. Uh, went to, with my wife in her car, and uh, yeah, it was it was nice to be. There was more. There were more cars and trucks on the road than I than I actually thought there would be, but. Uh, uh, good to uh, to get out and uh, and feel just a tad bit of normalcy, although it isn't exactly normal out there right now. But uh, yeah, do what do what you can to uh, to you know. I think a walk is a great idea, Jake. I I think that probably made you feel better doing that with uh, little Sadie. It did because mom uh, had meetings all morning and uh, we we needed to occupy the attentions quietly of uh, of the toddler. And I thought to myself, you know what? Maybe a walk. Maybe a walk would do us all some good. Actually, we've taken a bunch of walks during this whole thing. That's been, uh, you know, it's one thing you can get out and do. I think it's still important to, you know, get fresh air and get out and get exercise and that sorts of uh, that sort of thing. But it was really nice. It was really nice, especially when it was. It was a little crisp but warm, you know, so it was it was perfect. I think little Sadie has had a bigger impact on 
a sports talk show that any two-year-old ever has because she picks uh, the music of the day sometimes. And I'm wondering, what what was her selection this morning, Jake? So, you know what's funny? Okay, so I've been getting a, I've been putting it out there and getting a pretty good reaction on it, folks, uh, like seeing it. So I, I thought I'd keep it up. Plus, it's a fun thing that she and I do together. So, you know, in these times, I you know, share that with, with people out there. Plus, she's cute. I like taking pictures of her. Uh, so the last couple of days, um, let's see, yesterday, Gordon, Cat Stevens. Uh, got a oh, got a big time choice. big time response yesterday. Uh, two days ago yes. on on Sunday, she picked uh, the Grateful Dead, which was awesome, yeah. and uh, got a big response from that. She had Led Zeppelin uh, number two on Saturday, got a good response from that. But today she selected the Association. Uh, uh-huh. And not only the Association, and I put this in my tweet, and I thought that this would be pretty cool. Uh, that it's a live. Uh, album recorded at the University of Utah in 1970, a concert which my mother attended, and of course I I borrowed this record from my mother, and it's a great record. It's got all sorts of like uh, really good songs. They did a bunch of good covers, but anyway, Gordon Crickets, basically no reaction. There must be no association. For the association? Yeah, I've gotten no. I've gotten basically no response uh, on that, the association that- today. That album that came out uh, that had Cherish and, and some other songs on it, that was my memory of that was that it was a big, big seller. It was a very popular record at the time uh, back in the 60s. But uh, maybe, I don't know. Maybe I don't know, folks maybe. have forgotten about the association. When you say the association, they think you're talking about NBA basketball. Right. <laughs> right. So anyway, interesting. There are not a lot of uh, association fans out there, but we'll we'll see what she comes up with tomorrow. It's been it's been kind of fun uh, to throw that out there, and it's a it's a fun thing she and I do together. So do you, we, do you want to hear association today, or should we go with one of the others? You you uh, you had a uh, you seemed like Cat Stevens was uh, was getting to you. Well, Cat Stevens is always good, but we uh, don't we usually take requests. Oh, it is a total request Tuesday. You're right. Yeah. You know, it's easy to lose track of what day it is. But yeah, we know. can play off Sadie's selection on the on the theme. Okay. Like uh, yeah. a, a band you like that no one else likes. How about that, huh? All right. There you go. A band you like. <laughs> how, do you know, how do you know nobody else likes it? <laughs> nobody else likes. Uh, you can tweet at us, at Austin Horton, at Jake Scott's own. And you can you can follow my little uh, my little daily tweet with uh, with my daughter Sadie. I'm doing the hashtag Sadie's Selection, and uh, you can just uh, follow me at Jake Scott's own. But uh, it's it's been fun. So so guys, today we we can we can all take a deep breath and uh, relax a little bit and feel better about life today. You know why? Why is that? Because Tom Brady and Chris Godwin got the number for number 12. They got that all straightened out so that Tom Brady can wear his familiar jersey number for the Bucks. Oh, so thank I, that goodness. made me feel that made me feel so much better that because I mean, look, Chris Godwin is no slouch, the 24 year old Pro Bowl uh, receiver, but he gave up the number 12 to Tom Brady. Here's my question for you He claims that there was no exchange as far as cash and whatnot. Do you believe it? Now, did he specifically say cash? 
He said, how did he phrase it? It was it said there was no exchange, I think, was the way. I, I... Okay, I, I would believe that it might not be cash, you know. Well, what would it, what would it be then? Brady's house was for sale. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. You, you, you never know how you, you trade or what would be important in one way or another in an NFL locker room. You know, Brady, maybe he has a, a vacation house or something that uh, that he could offer up, right? You never know. I, I, well, I there, would believe it's not necessarily cash, but I something happened, you know. The, he, he played that is, leverage in some way. That's what I'm thinking. And it might be, if how smart is it for a receiver to give a quarterback something he really wants? Because if you're Tom Brady... You get to decide who's going to see the football and who isn't, right? Chris Godwin wants to see the football, so you might be inclined to give him what he wants. And he wanted the number 12. You know what? That's going to pay off for Godwin. I think so, too. But doesn't it seem, and I don't really know Tom Brady as a teammate, obviously, except for to hear guys like uh, Kyle Van Noy really comes to mind, talk about Tom Brady, who have uh, been teammates with him. And he seems like the type of guy that would would offer up something uh, before necessarily negotiation needed to happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, here, yeah. have a, take, a, take a week out on my yacht, and uh, when you come back, <laughs> I'll be wearing number 12. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't know if Chris Godwin is married, but, uh, you know, Giselle might have some friends. Well, of course, Chester would get involved. Uh, no, no, I don't mean it like that. I just mean to introduce to uh, so, some folks that he might w- be interested in meeting as far as building a, a good, solid you know, relationship. But, but the, they, that, what, that those introductions would be used as currency in, in, in this standpoint. Like, you know what I'm getting at? <laughs> like, would it really be on the up and up to say, hey, I, Giselle knows a bunch of model friends that we could introduce <laughs> you to. I mean, doesn't that feel a little tawdry? I suppose. I didn't mean it like that. But, you know, just favors from from the the uh, all-time quarterback. God, this is what this is the report. Godwin told the team's website that there was no transaction that took place between himself and Brady in exchange for the number. Uh, Godwin was simply expressing his respect for Brady as the reason why he wanted to give him the uh, you know the six-time Super Bowl champion the number. So right. I don't know. It's probably I, in his I, I best interest. I think so, from a standpoint of seeing the football and gaining favor of the great quarterback uh, who who does, in, in some respects, uh, control how how much success a, uh, a receiver can have. Now, Brady is going to give Godwin the ball because he's a heck of a receiver anyway. But, you know, I could see some games being played within the game about this kind of thing. All right, Gordo, uh, we've got a lot to do on the show today. We're going to talk to Bowler at the top of the 5 o'clock hour, check in with Craig Bowler, Jack, see how he's holding up and uh, get his thoughts on what's going on in the world of sports. We're going to we're going to talk a lot of college sports today, uh, Gordon, because there's an interesting, I guess, survey that Brett McMurphy did of stadiums. So we'll talk about that coming up here in the split story of the day. And our friend Amy Donaldson 
is going to join the show at the top of 4 o'clock hour. Of course, uh, oh, 4.30, excuse me, Austin. She's going to join us at 4.30. Amy has a sports background, so we'll run some sports stuff by her, but she's also ventured out into the news world as of late, and so we'll uh, talk about things uh, related to the coronavirus pandemic. But it uh, should be a lot of fun to have Amy and Bowler on the show today, Gordo. Question for both of you guys. Uh-oh. When you played sports, were you did you were you superstitious about your number? Were you superstitious in any way, shape, or form? Did you have a number that you glommed onto and then you always wanted that number? Whether you were playing, you know, whether you're pitching, Jake, or whether you're whatever sport you were playing, did you uh, did you have some affinity for something like that? Uh no. Not really. I, really. I just took whatever. I, I wasn't good enough to be particular about my number. None I just of us said, were. I just said, give me. Just, I, that's I'm a happy. different question, right, Austin? I'm, yes. happy, uh, I'm happy to wear <laughs> be wearing this uniform. So I'll take number uh, 31 and just be happy with it. See, I, I always wanted number 12 for John Stockton. No matter what sport I was playing, I wanted number 12. Then I always got number 10. Always, 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 always got number 10. <laughs> then Why I got. That? I, I don't know. Just because everyone else got to pick first. I don't even know why but i never i always had number 10 <laughs> never number 12 then i got to uh you know junior high got on the the freshman baseball team and i was like you know what i'm embracing this number 10 i want number 10 and the kid that played ahead of me picked number 10 and so the only number that was left was number 12 the wow. time i didn't want number 12 you i got, got number 12 hmm. anyone surprised by that no that's a very awesome yeah. thing to happen yeah that- did you have any other number at any other time in any other sport yeah, I mean, I have a various uh, smattering of numbers, but the only ones that mattered to me were, were 10 and 12. All right. I liked that affinity for 3, 11, and 12, and uh, I, don't, I can't remember why. Which, just, which sport just... with, with which number? Or, 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 your, or are we I mean, talking about betting on horses? I was going to say, I didn't ba- think crew had numbers. Huh, but, uh... No, no, no. Basketball was three, and, uh, of course, uh, hockey was uh, a whole different animal. What but, about polo? Uh, Polo, Polo, <laughs> twelve was my number in Polo. Uh, well, I, I played a variety of sports, but really, let's not talk about me. By the way, one other item that I needed to get off my chest a little bit: Did I hear Scotty and Hans referring to me as uh, the Tiger Dude? Uh, uh, the yeah. Tiger King thing. I don't know. I didn't hear that, but it, that wouldn't surprise me. Although I, I didn't hear it either, but I've, I think that uh, people have asked me on Twitter two or three times a day if you look like him. My answer is always no, but Chester Shadows might. You're you're an internet <laughs> sensation, Gordon. No, that's I haven't watched that show as we discussed yesterday, but uh, I, I'm not probably overly eager to be compared with that guy. But uh, I, you know. I guess, man, I guess if, and I don't drink, as you know, but if I went on like a three-week bender, maybe, maybe I would uh, start to look a little bit like that, but that's... Uh, uh, Drinking's I the just, least of this guy's problems. See, I don't know. You'd have to explain it to me because I haven't seen the show, but it it didn't, doesn't sound overly complimentary as far as character and uh, overall... You know, decorum. Is that safe to say? I've never seen the show, so somebody else is going to You haven't? No. Uh-uh. I'm halfway Austin? through episode four of Describe seven that total. guy. What's his name? Joe somebody? Joe Schmuggerberger, but he goes by Joe Exotic. 
And, uh, and what's his deal? Well, you pick a category. Honestly, <laughs> I'm not exactly pick a category. <laughs> P- seriously, pick uh, a category. Okay, uh, uh, domestic abuse. Uh, oh, pick geez. a different category, Gordon. <laughs> well, I mean, I, what, I don't know what? what this guy does. He uh, he owns a he. Okay, I'll just cut to the chase. He owns or owned. I uh, don't want to spoil anything. Uh, he uh, is related to the ownership of a big cat zoo in Oklahoma. And the way he acquires the animals, the way he treats the animals, the way he is treated and treats the other people of that community have made for some international breaking news over the decades. Like, in what way? Not good ways. Not good at all. Not at all. Is he like poaching? No, I, no not poaching. Well, you can't poach a tiger in Oklahoma. I don't... <laughs> Oh, I thought he was going over to Africa or something. No, he breeds. His big thing is he breeds his his tigers and his lions and things, and that's a no no. And and then there's a guy in the in Myrtle Beach that is like the 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 guru, but he's also a bizarre. Uh, I don't know. He has like his own religion that he has folded into cat breeding and raising. And then there's a gal in Florida that poses as a big cat rescue but she's just doing the same thing and they all hate each other's guts and uh lifetime uh drama ensues so this i mean he's a ne'er-do-well this okay. this all sounds kind of sad to me oh it's horrendously yeah. sad yeah this it, this all and sounds people sad find to this me. entertaining it is entertaining huh. okay. entertaining in what way ha so, ha no, i mean i will i don't find it funny in i the laughed least. i cried no. i no. You, it, it's just so fascinating that these it, they it, it, it they uh, the real people, but you would think a Hollywood screenwriter came up with these characters, but they're real. <laughs> are they being well, legit? Well, I or are they are they are they are they presenting a caricature? Well, I, no, it's all footage. I I would have thought Tony Parks was somebody that only a Hollywood uh, writer could come up with, <laughs> but yet he exists, and I just saw him down the hall. This Tony looks like the Pope. <laughs> Compared to these fellas. Hmm. Okay. All right. Uh, Gordon, so you're, you're not uh, wild about the comparison then? Oh, it's uh, whatever. I'm not going to. Uh, whatever. <laughs> I just heard. I heard Scotty say that. Said something like Jake and the Tiger King coming up next wow. or something. Well, maybe you should and embrace I've... it. Maybe you should go with it. Well, I, you see, I, it's difficult for me because I've never seen the show. So I don't know whether to be insulted or not. It sounds like from from Austin's description, it's not exactly a, a great comparison. Well, why don't you I don't d- think they're comparing personalities, though. I think it's like uh, similar cuts and uh, and looks that they're comparing, right? But I don't know. I and and he and sort. Gordon both have a pretty crazy mullet, right? No, not I didn't mean. I meant like cuts <laughs> of the angles of your body and things like Wait, that. Wait, now when was what? Cuts of your body? What? Yeah, like like your profile would look very similar. What? Uh, what? <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I think um, you just you've got some homework tonight, Gordon. Why don't you watch an episode and then decide for yourself whether or not uh, you're okay with this comparison? Okay. All right. I, I just don't know whether I want to. It takes a lot to get me into a series. I have to really, really like it to watch it, and from. The comments that I get from people, it doesn't sound like that is my... I, I wouldn't walk away from that thinking, wow, that is that is great entertainment. Uh, did you but, like Making a Murderer? Uh, I 
when I saw that, I hurried up and, and wanted to get to the end, so I, I buzzed through those pretty quick. I got a little tired of it after a while. Uh, this makes Making a Murderer look like an after-school special. Really? That yeah. bad, mm-hmm. huh? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Coming up next. So it sounds like a show that Jake won't be watching with Sadie. No, I hope not. No, I, I really don't think it's a show that Jake's going to be watching at all. Yeah. Jake, you're 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 more cerebral than that. Uh yeah, I don't know. The I've I've heard a little bit about the concept and it doesn't really appeal to me. So and I'm not enough of a, a joiner to just jump on the fad because so maybe I'm totally missing the boat on this one, but I don't know if I'm gonna get to it. I got uh, a recommend you, yeah. I got it. a recommendation the other day from a friend, Austin, and I wanted to run it by you. Uh it was because I was asking her for recommendations on entertainment choices uh, during this period of time. And she said one of her recommendations was Yellowstone. Phenomenal. So Jake oh, knows how good that amazing. show is. Yellowstone, I, I would recommend that one in a second. In fact, I think you would really like that one. Plus, Again, not with Sadie. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's some uh, adult themes and language. Uh, but really, really good. And filmed here, so you, you really appreciate the scenery and recognize stuff and all that's all fun. Oh, well, uh, that's what I thought. It was a strong recommendation, and I thought I've never seen a single episode. So maybe put that one. Put that one at the one. top of the list. You'd like that. Okay. One. Put that one at the right. top of the list. All right. Terrific. Uh, we'll get into a little college football. Some news out there today coming up next. But joining us now, our good friend Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic out there, still helping our listeners. Andrew, it's great to talk to you, my man. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? Hey, we're we're doing great. I think just trying to get through this like uh, like everyone else, and actually with a little downtime, this might be the the best opportunity to take care of a, a problem that might have been around for a while. Yeah, that's right. Um, difficult time with the virus, erectile dysfunction. Sometimes uh, the problem gets worse when we're home more, <laughs> and we're hearing that from our patients a lot. But the first thing I wanted to say is that Wasatch Medical is open. Everyone's asking, "Are you open?" Um, we are a medical clinic, so we're exempt from some of the orders that you've seen. And we've, uh, we've gone to the greatest lengths of precaution that we can to make sure that our patients are safe. And, and as of yesterday, we're even taking uh, patients' temperatures before they come into the clinic. So that's the first thing is we are open. It is safe. Um, we're sanitizing the clinic multiple times a day with hospital-grade sanitizer. And a lot of guys are taking this time to get their erectile dysfunction fixed. What is so key about our treatments is that it's not a pill. We use the most advanced form of wave therapy, clinically shown to open up the blood vessels. What we're seeing is guys get the normal function back in the bedroom. They don't have to take the pill. It's a blood flow issue. And the first and only thing that addresses the root cause of the problem, which is that lack of blood flow. So you're still taking care of our listeners, taking care of them safely. And so if if maybe this issue has crept up on you a little bit, get in and taken care of regardless of your age or circumstance, right? That's right. Uh, we can take care of you. And, and yeah, we're seeing guys in their 20s and 30s. We're seeing them in their 80s and 90s. Um, guys are a little hesitant to come in and fix ED, even under the best of circumstances with the virus. They're even more hesitant. But once they come in, they see our screening process. They thank us. Oh, thanks so much for being cautious and and for doing everything that you are. So it is safe to come in. We're, of course, giving you the consultation for free if you call us. Um, We're also doing an added bonus, which is 
uh, a gift that produces instant results in the bedroom just for calling us and setting up an appointment. So if you're struggling with ED, sick of the pills, looking for a more natural fix, give us a call now. All right, 801-901-8000. That's 801-901-8000. And that includes a uh, free uh, examination with the doctor, right? Examination, consultation, blood flow, ultrasound, all of that is free. He'll do a complete analysis of you. And you get the special gift as well. 801-901-8000. Thank you, Andrew. 801-901-8000. More next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The Joe Ingles Show with DJ and PK. Whenever the league starts, how long do you think teams and guys would need in terms of getting back together before you actually play a game? I guess a part of it depends how long we are out for and sitting out waiting. No one's going to sit here and say that running on a treadmill is going to emulate playing a game. There's rumor and talk around the league if we do go back and hopefully when, there'll be like a little mini training camp. They have to give us a little bit of time because depending on how long this break is, guys are going to need to come back and obviously get in basketball shape, not just running on a treadmill or riding a bike. Oh, yeah. Catch Jazzman Joe Ingles with DJ and PK every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordon, let's talk a little college football, shall we? Brett McMurphy, who we've had on the show a number of times, he works for Stadium College Football now. He uh, put out a survey to athletic directors about uh, basically whether or not they think there will be a college football season in 2020, Gordon. And uh, the, the basically the survey was on a scale of 1 to 10, your confidence that there will be football, college football of some sort in 2020. And 18% of those surveyed, Gordon, said 10, yes. Um, the re- there was no response that was less than a 5, 18% with 5, uh, yes. The majority was 27% went with a 7. Now, we've got to add this caveat that athletic directors are certainly not epidemiologists. So, you know, they are operating on as much of info as probably we are on this whole sort of thing. But what do you think about confidence levels of athletic directors uh, out there? uh, Do you think they know? Uh, I mean, it just seems like it's like asking me and you that question. Although you would think they would be, you know, be familiar with discussions that have been been ongoing. But who makes that decision? Is it the school president's? I think it's I mean, going to be. I, I honestly think it's going to be up to the politicians. To be honest, when when, uh, when big gatherings get the go ahead in different communities, uh, I think that's going to be uh, up to governors and but, that sort of thing. But will there be wiggle room? Will there be okay? Well, this isn't breaking the law, and so then it's up to individual institutions to decide what how they're going to move forward with this because uh, there might be some gray area well see now you hit it right on the head gordon um and in fact news out of the pac-12 today larry scott 
um, I think he told John Wilner, that uh, they'll need to decide about it by May 31st. He actually put a deadline on it. And do we have, you know, that in- information that we need on May 31st to, to I guess, accurately uh, decide whether or not it's going to be safe or even possible. So I, I get uncomfortable with setting deadlines in this type of world because we we truly don't know. And what's the point of setting deadlines like that anyway? But well, maybe he's saying that it would need in order to make preparations to make it happen. That's exactly what he's saying. To, yeah, yeah. I mean, and I get, I understand that. Just from an operational standpoint, what what has to be in place in order to to, to pull the thing off? I was. I was well. It, it it kind of took me by surprise how the NFL seems to be powering forward as though they're going to have their season, uh, and they expect to have their season. Well, so it's I, it's not going to be decided by the NFL whether or not they're going to have their season. But unless there's a gray area again where it is left to uh, to to individual uh, institutions, businesses, leagues, whatever. As far as what they're going to do. Yeah, but see, I, I actually like the NFL's approach. I I do. Maybe people are, are uncomfortable with that out there. But, hey, plan for the best. And then, you know what? If it comes time and it, you're not able to pull it off for whatever reason and you absolutely are at the end of the road and it's not going to happen, then go ahead and cancel it. But, I, you know, as long as you can plan for the best safely, Gordon, which the NFL appears to be doing, right? I mean, why not? What what difference does it make? That's why I'm uncomfortable with 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 deadlines like May 31st. It's like you know, Larry. Maybe maybe if uh, you got to go ahead at July 1st, you could somehow cobble together a, a shortened season. You don't know, right? So I, I get uncomfortable with that sort of thing. I'd rather take the approach of, hey, why not? We got time on our hands. Why not prepare and and see if we can't pull it off? And if we can't, and all these uh, you know governors or the president or or you know you, you know can't approve that it's safe for people to get together, then we can't do it. Boy, you know it's it, what what really comes to mind, and the issue that you're bringing up is how long does it take to really put something like this together? Right. Does it really take? June, July, and August, does it take three months to do it? Or can you abbreviate that to some extent and make it happen? Hurry it up a little bit. Like you said, cobble it together. I mean, uh, think about it this I, way, I, I Gordon. Don't know. Think about it this way. You and I were doing the, uh, the show together the last time the NFL had a work stoppage. And uh, I remember it well because I think we had Brady Papinga on the air at the time that the work stoppage ended, and we actually informed him that he could go back to work with the Packers. But um, they they ramped it up pretty quick after that stoppage, right? I mean, we've seen it in the NBA a number of times where when they put their mind to something, they can ramp it up and make it happen. So based on what you've uh, – well, there's a, there's a couple different avenues in this discussion. If we look at it from the medical side – Based on what you're reading right now, Jake, do you do you think two months will make a difference? And again, I'm not asking you to give your expert opinion or to make this scientific in any way, but just the impression that you're getting from what you're reading, do you think two months is going to make a, a significant difference? I think it absolutely could, 100%. I mean, we're operating on... If everyone's test, if they're testing more and they have, everyone continues on with a, a responsible isolation policy, it, it, it seems like maybe that could really help. Well, let me, let me put it this way, Gordon. I'll, I'll, uh, I, I was looking into something today about whether or not the coronavirus uh, is affected by the weather. 
And from the doctor in an interview that I listened to, the answer is we don't really know. But if the virus is affected by the weather, that could be a good and a bad thing, right? It can be a good thing, meaning it gives us temporary reprieve, but it could come back in the fall when the weather gets worse. And if it's not affected by the weather, you could possibly go through this cycle quickly as opposed to pushing pause. But but uh, a compelling argument that I heard about the virus with the weather was if, if it is affected by the weather, we should cheer for that because it gives us reprieve for a few months right. to prepare exactly. and to prepare economically and to prepare, you know, ramping up testing. And, you know, maybe some of these treatments uh, out there, it, we're seeing it change every day. Like like today, Gordon, the FDA approved a test that, that works in two minutes, according to, to reports two that minutes? I saw. So, you know, that wow. that's how fast things are, things are changing and evolving. And that in all honesty, our country is reacting to it. You know, how... You know, how effective are those efforts in understanding, treating and eventually coping uh, with this pandemic? And I, I just don't think I just don't think we know. I mean, something as simple as will warmer weather help? I mean, we don't even know that. That could be a that could be a significant way uh, the factor in the way that we deal with all of this, right? So it I I that's why I to bring this full circle. Sometimes I get a little frustrated with people who one pretend like they know, and two, you know, set deadlines. You don't know what you're capable of, Larry Scott. It really takes you that long to to put together a football season. I mean, how could you possibly know that? Yeah. Yeah, it seems like they could do it quicker than that. But again, that's an uninformed. I mean, I we'll know. just forego media day. Things, we don't need to go to LA in July, you know? Like <laughs> things are always more complicated than what they look from the outside, but but uh it seems like they would be able to to uh, make that happen a little quicker than setting some sort of absolute deadline right. that we have to have a, a go at that point in order to uh, to pull it off. I I have there been studies have you, have you seen graphs on the warmer uh, weather countries as far as numbers of cases? Have you seen anything on that? See, the problem with that, Gordon, and again, I don't want to get too far into the weeds on this sort of thing because we, we're far from ex- experts, but who knows what these numbers these other countries are reporting, if they're accurate or not. I mean, if you look at if you look at South Korea, you probably are pretty confident, confident in that democracy to be fairly transparent about the way that they dealt with it. But because they dealt with the SARS outbreak years ago, they were uber uber prepared so the the in ways that we were not so can we compare ourselves to south korea not really we can compare ourselves to europe and i'm not talking about individual countries i'm talking about the whole continent because we're talking population and geography we're handling it way better than the europeans are so i mean uh, warm weather countries i don't really know all i know is this expert that i listened to today and he was out of uh, out of san francisco uh, was talking about how we're not sure if it's affected by the weather or not. So I don't. Has there I, been that? He has a better answer seem, than I would. It seems as though I've I've heard in the past, and I don't know whether this is erroneous or not, but that the other some of the other other uh, illnesses, viruses, you know, the SARS and the MERS and some of those others. The, the warmer weather did help in those cases, did it not? Well, it helps the flu, your your normal flu, which this is. The coronavirus is a flu. It's in the same family. And so a lot of your normal yearly flus go away in the summer, but not all of them. And certainly not something mm-hmm. unique that we haven't seen before. We just have no idea. Right. So if yeah. all of the flu was killed by warmer weather, then maybe we'd have a better answer. But that's not the case. We, we have no clue. Right. 
And and the problem with studying this from a pure number standpoint is that there's been uh, transport of the virus from one place to another, you know. And so you can't just say, well, let's look at the southern states. How are they doing relative to the northern states as far as the colder weather regions go? Right. I mean, I, I thought I read somewhere that Alaska had a, a fewer number of cases. It's pretty cold up there. Well, see, but, but, but you know, population and whatnot and, and other factors come into play as well. Well, I mean, OK, for for your to your Alaska, the, the, it just doesn't correlate because the 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 numbers in Alaska are low because how many people from China are vacationing in Alaska this time of year? Yeah. Or uh, you yeah. look at you look at the numbers from um, I think it was uh, Sweden, which are actually pretty low. And you think to yourself, the sun sets in Sweden at two p.m. this time of year. <laughs> so how many people are traveling to Sweden? You know, as as we talk about how it spreads. So all those sorts uh-huh. of things can come into play, right? And so I I don't know. I I I what that doctor said made a lot of sense to me. I hope that the the warmer weather will have a positive effect but that we will continue to brace ourselves for what's to come. I, I think it's really important we try to get the wheels grinding again economically when it's appropriate to do so, but don't think we're just out of the woods because it's summertime. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Let's get Dr. Fauci on the line. You know what? I We, we can effort for some medical professionals. I wouldn't mind having uh, some folks who are uh, uh, doctors on the show. Just a little anecdotal stuff for you, uh, Gordon. My neighbor who, who lives across the street from me, um, the, uh, the, he is a doctor, uh, uh, an ER doctor for IHC, and she is a pharmacist. So it was fun talking to her today because I kind of got a little update on, on what's going on and uh, very positive stuff coming from his side and how prepared they are at the moment uh, to handle this sort of thing. I, I was optimistic about that. And she said that uh, the pharmacies have been handling it very, very well. And in fact, uh, people have been responsibly getting their medication. So demand is not overwhelming this week. She said it's it's actually down a little bit. So just just some anecdotal ne- uh, um uh, evidence from my neighbors, I, I, I came away from the conversation feeling pretty good about it. So pass on a little optimism. Oh, good. We could take any amount of that that uh, we can get at this point. My wife informed me the other uh, yesterday, I believe, that uh, maybe the supply of TP is getting a little lower now. And uh, I, I just don't know where to go to get that. So if anybody has any expert advice or if I could talk somebody who works at a store into having a little private stash for me sometimes so I can come in and get it, I'd, uh, I'd appreciate it. You'd really do that to your fellow man? You'd be that guy <laughs> who'd call in a special favor oh, for toilet paper? No. Shame on you. What? What? Yeah, but I'm saying it this way, Jake. I'm not asking. You know, I'm not going in there to like hoard. I'm just going in there for. I mean, I got I got a, a good number of adults that are living at my house right now. Other people you know? are in the same boat, Gordon, and they don't uh, they don't get the opportunity to to go into a store and say, "Hey, I'm Gordon Monson. Let's." Uh, no, that's not what I let's meant. Prioritize. I meant, is there a me way? A to, is there no? Is there a way to get what you need? Yeah, you go to the store with everybody else. Well, I, I know my wife went to the store and there was nothing available. No, I, I sympathize, Gordon. And, and you know what? If my family can can assist yours, uh, it, it, you know we can we can talk about that. But you you can't say, hey, store <laughs> I feel like store I feel like owners Chris, out there, give Chris, me a 
This is Chris Godwin and Tom Brady negotiating over the number now. Oh, as know, a, might, as be, a, might be able to help you out. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about it later. Uh, see what we can exchange. No, I'm just saying as a as a fellow citizen in this community, I would much rather help you out of the goodness of my family's heart than have you arrange some uh, some technique to uh, to keep the toilet paper out of the you know everybody to have a fair shot at it. How about that? But 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 he, a fair shot. <laughs> hey man, when you're out, you're out, right? When you're out, you're out. And I'm not talking about a hoarding situation. That's where I think it gets egocentric, self-centered. I'm going to go no, in you're and there. take like everything everything I can find. I'm talking about the you know the bare necessities here. You need to to go wait in line with everybody else. Find out what to, maybe maybe you can ask somebody who works there when the best most opportune moments to be at the store to have that opportunity. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, just I'm not looking for. Well, I kind of am, but I'm not. I mean, I, I was not looking for you know who who can give me a truckload. Yeah, yeah. Huh? You just want them to you know save some for you specifically. Well, I did that, you know, yeah, yeah, we've got a partner profile coming up next. Stay tuned. Uh, hopefully people out there are sharing Man, I'm, toilet I'm, paper I'm, with one I'm another. Just, I'm wiped out right now. Well, partner profile coming up next. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 of the zone. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Step back. Hand of the face three. Banks it in. Another big three for the Vipers. What? What's it look for? That was you calling a Stars win. No, no, they lost. Oh, that's right. You as the Stars broadcaster are happy about the Vipers beating the Stars. And Banks it in. Woo! I hope Jonathan Reinhardt heard that. Austin, are, are we ready? It's not formal, but we've come to an agreement, and I, I think we're ready to announce that Austin will be broadcasting the game tonight. The call should have been, he made it. I can't believe you made it. Ah, that sucks. That's too bad. Oh, well, ah. get him tomorrow night. Your homer call of the week, and you weren't even with the <laughs> team. Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. It's time to showcase those that are helping all of us through these difficult times. This is a partner profile on the Zone Sports Network. All right, it's the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's time for another partner profile. And uh, let's get out to the Zone phone. Joining us now, he is the co-founder and CEO of Qualtrics. We welcome him back to the show, of course. He is Ryan Smith. And uh, first and foremost, Ryan, thanks for coming on with us. How are you? Hopefully you and yours are doing well. Doing well, doing well. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. How are you guys? Hey, we're uh, we're doing terrifically well. Uh, wish we had you on the show in in better circumstances. I remember in uh, back when we announced the the uh, the extension for five for the fight. The last time we had you on the show it was such a great day. It's uh, sorry to have you on the show with a, in a little bit different situation. Well, I think um, look, we're all going through it. We're all trying our best, and uh, everyone's trying to stay safe. So first and foremost, I hope that uh, everyone in Utah's. Uh, abiding by the counsel that we're given to stay inside and let's just do our part and get over this thing as quick as we can. No one wants to be sick. I I promise from what we're seeing out there. 
Before we, I know we have a couple of specific things we want to hit on with you, Ryan. But before we do, uh, my wife works in the in the tech world and uh, part of uh, Silicon Slopes, and and I, I've just got to say how proud I am of the response from our great tech community to this situation. It's uh, it, it's been really really impressive what uh, companies like you and others here in our community have have done to navigate these waters that we've never seen before. Yeah, look, I think community is all theoretical until we need it. And, you know, when we started Silicon Slopes probably three to four years ago, I think people were saying, oh, wow, this is a nice club. It's a nice, nice way for people to get together. But, you know, just uh, last week I was on a call with a Zoom call with 12 CEOs uh, from from tech companies around the world. And, you know, we were talking about Silicon Slopes and what we had here, the fact that we've got, you know, podcasts and webinars that are going every every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, where our government officials and Senator Romney and others, Senator Lee, come on and just talk and inform the community and that together, you know, with the tech community and the government, we're now putting together an ability to, you know, hopefully by by Friday or next week have the ability to test, you know, up to five times as many people as, wow. as we currently have alone. And that's being done by forming a supply chain where you've got the, the health officials, you've got the tech community, you've got sourcing and everyone coming together. And Silicon Slopes has really been a massive part of the reason why we're able to do that. And that foundation has been put in place over the last four years in a time like this. There it is. It's ready to go. It's already stood up and the infrastructure and the people are already following and we just need to go and execute. And I couldn't be more proud to be in Utah and to, to have a group like this. And I can guarantee that there's not another state in the U.S. that is that kind of has all that coming together. You know, there's a duality to this whole thing. Uh, one, of course, is the uh, taking care of everybody and making sure that uh, everyone stays safe. But there's also the economic side to it. And can you address that, how, how that affects people's lives and, and uh, anything that you're doing to try and keep this thing going on both of those rails? Yeah. So, so look, from an economic standpoint, you know, people don't need to hear it from me. I mean, it's happening everywhere. You know, there's there's family members, there's friends, even many of the listeners are probably in a spot where there's a lot of uncertainty if they haven't been laid off or things have happened. I mean, look, this you, you can't shut the country down for, you know, one to two months without massive economic impact. Um, and I think people are still trying to understand what that looks like, what that looks like in Utah. Uh, we know for sure that it's affecting our small to medium-sized businesses, the restaurant community, a lot of the others. And so, you know, as a company, we're paying all of our vendors. Personally, I'm you know, I'm buying, you know, 50 mils a night until we're out of this. Um, I think that, you know, we're, you know, we've raised a bunch of money um, through Silicon Slopes to try to help. The government's coming in as well. But I also think as an employer, you know, we're trying to provide it absolutely as much certainty as we can responsibly do to our employee base that's, that's here in Utah. And that's hard. It's hard right now because – no one's been through anything like this. And so as leaders, and, you know, it doesn't need to just be CEOs, all of the data that we're seeing come back through our platform, we have 12,000 organizations that are, that are working on the employee side with companies, is 
you know, employees need certainty. Um, they can handle change, but uncertainty is what literally drives the stress and anxiety level up, which is a whole nother mess um, that we're going to be in if we if we can't drive some certainty in the world right now. He's our- tell me, tell me, tell me if this is naive of me, but. If, if employers are able to sort of bridge this gap with their employees as best they can during this time of crisis, I wonder if that will bounce back to benefit those employers in a big way because the employees feel a real allegiance, a real loyalty to do everything they can to bust their humps to build the company from that point forward. I, I don't know what you think about that. Yeah, I think you're 100% right on. Um Look, I think brands and cultures are made during these type of times. Um, if you, if everyone just thinks back for a second of anything that's been rewarding or satisfying that they've ever accomplished in their life, anything, it was hard. It was always something that was difficult. And we're in a difficult time. And if together with your employer, your employee base, if you can – rally together and get through it, I think everyone will look back and say, wow, that was a special time in my life. I also believe that the way brands and employers handle this is how they're going to remember, be remembered. When when we're on 11-year bull run in the market and everything's, you know, high fives for a long time, I don't think cultures are really established cultures are established when it gets tough. And I, you know, I remember operating our company through 2008 and nine, um, you know, what we did there, what we did there as a team is what propelled us for the next seven or eight years. Mm-hmm. And um, it's also the time to do the right thing. I mean, we just offered uh, on our Qualtrics platform, we just offered, you know, a bunch of solutions that were free and stuff that we normally charge for. And it's pretty cool to look out and watch organizations just step up and do the right thing. And, and our whole purpose is, hey, how do we just get people to, to understand the data that they need and to be right and, and get back to normal as soon as possible? Because that's what we're all after, benefit everyone. Our friend Ryan Smith from Qualtrics with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And let's talk a little bit about Qualtrics and what you guys are doing. Specifically, I want to want to hear about this did-you-know social feature you're doing. Yeah, so I think we've got a couple things going. Number one is we've got, um, we've got on Qualtrics.com uh, forward slash here to help. There's a bunch of solutions for um, probably the most popular right now is 65% of the workforce is now working from home. And those that are working from home, we're, we're, we're offering a solution for employers to be able to tie in and actually understand on a weekly basis how people are doing. And, you know, it's amazing as an employer, if you just ask your folks and get a pulse of how everyone's doing, um, you know, the data that you'll get and you'll know the moves to make. We have 12,000 organizations that have signed up in three weeks globally. Um, which is pretty incredible. And then, you know, we're doing something on our YouTube channel with Angela Duckworth, and people might know her um, from, you know, she's the author of Grit. And, you know, there's a lot of parents who have children at home. Um, This is the ability to come in, you know, every morning and and do a QA and a with Angela and ask her questions. And so um, you just go to the Qualtrics YouTube channel. You'll, You'll see it there. And, 
you know, Angela's a great friend of Qualtrics. She's probably one of the, the most phenomenal authors and leaders and academics I've ever met. And, um, you know, I think a lot of people are in a time like this trying to understand, you know, how do you, how do you make your children tough and how do you, how do you get through this together? And especially when the world's, um, you know, kind of, you know, accepting this new norm and this new normal that we're going to have and people are trying to adjust, um, you know, she's probably studied more on K through 12 and, and young adolescent behavior um, than, than anyone I know. And uh, it's, it's pretty special to, to be able to have a Q&A with her every single morning. So tune in. You'll learn a lot. I know I've learned a lot on how to raise my kids through her um, and through her research. So that's, those are all free to everyone. We're just trying to do our part to help right now. All right, so Ryan. Hey, Ryan, let me just ask this, sneak this in real quick. Uh, as a business leader in this community and others, uh, if you were going to give a pep talk to our listeners, uh, what would you say to them right now? Oh, man. Um, so first of all, like, everyone's going through this. I don't care who you are. Um, every single person is going through this, and we're all somewhere on the journey. You know, we've got folks in Seattle who who had to quarantine, you know, a week and a half before everyone else, and now they're going into week four. And this is, this is challenging. No one's prepared for it. But, um, look, we're – we're, we're a lot more resilient than we all think. Our children are incredibly resilient. And, um, you know, we're built for times like this. And I really, truly, truly, truly believe that we're going to come back stronger. I think it's testing all of us. But I think that um, when we get through this, you know, especially in this state, um, we're going to be able to look back and say we did things that no one else in the country did and we got through it and we're going to bounce back and we're going to come back stronger and we're going to do it. It's not like we're not going to, we're going to get through this. We're going to get through it stronger. And um, I'm just happy to be in Utah. You know, I'll tell you a great story. I have a brother who lives, you know, in, in four different States and he called me and he says, I'm coming back to Utah. And I was like, why Utah? He's like, they're the most prepared. They're the most obedient. They've got a bunch of buildings that are going to be unoccupied. This is where I want to be. And I want to be with those people. And that fired me up. That absolutely fired me up. And um, that's how I feel. Well, hey, Ryan, we were fired up to have you on the show. Thank you for all you and, and Qualtrics are, are doing to, to lead. And we appreciate you coming on and sharing some nice messages with our listeners. Yeah, well, thank you, guys. Keep up the good work. Everyone be safe. And or just everyone's trying the hardest right now. You're here. Thanks, Ryan. That's Ryan Smith, co-founder and CEO of Qualtrics, and of course, somebody we've gotten to know really uh, well, Gordon, with his relationship uh, with the jazz and sports in general. And, you know, it's it's good. I, I love what he shared there at the end about our community and, and confidence in it. I think that goes a long way to hear folks like him say that. It sure does. And uh, I liked what he said about employer loyalty and then uh, employee loyalty back to employers. Uh, I hope uh, people can fight through this and uh, come out uh, better and stronger on the other side and limit the uh, the health uh, difficulties and, and, in some cases, tragedies along the way. 
no doubt about it. All right, uh, big thanks to Ryan for jumping on with us. We really appreciate it. Let's uh, get out to the zone phone now. Joining us, of course, our good friend Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic. And, you know, folks we're, are, are stuck at home, Andrew, and maybe they're tired of dealing with some problems that they've had for a while. Yeah, uh, erectile dysfunction can wreak havoc on a relationship, and maybe more so during a time like this when you're spending more time with your partner. Uh, Wasatch Medical is open for business. That's the first thing I wanted to say. Uh, say. Um, we're following all of the CDC guidelines, and, and we're now screening patients and doing a temperature check before they even come into the clinic. So we've adjusted and adapted to, you know, this new kind of normal. Um, it is safe to come in, and guys are getting their erectile dysfunction fixed with this acoustic wave therapy. We use the most advanced form that basically opens up the blood vessels. Uh, it restores the normal ability um, to perform in the bedroom. The best part is you don't need any of the medication. That is what guys tell us over and over I was taking the pill. I was dependent on the pill, and I've, I've been able to eliminate that completely. Wow, that's amazing because, you know, knowing you for a little bit, Andrew, you talk about how the side effects to the other treatments are just are just so bad that, that guys put up with it, and it eventually stops working. It eventually stops working. That's right. They, they put up with the headaches and the blurred vision, and the effects from the pill kind of wear off. So they end up taking more and more, sometimes to dangerous levels, and eventually they lose 100% function. Um, that's generally when they come to us. I wish they would come in sooner than that before the problem got that bad. We reverse all of that. We get the blood flowing where you want it, when you want it. The key word is spontaneity with your partner. That's what these treatments, that's what this treatment does. And you'll uh, hook our listeners up with a, a free consult with the doc and a little something extra, huh? We will. Everything is free right now. Uh, give us a call. You can set up an appointment with the doctor totally free. He'll do an exam, uh, a consultation. He'll do a blood flow ultrasound, which will tell us, by the way, if blood flow is the issue or if it's another issue. We'll also give you a gift that produces instant results in the bedroom to maybe get you by this difficult time. Um, all of that is free, so give us a call now. 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks, guys. All right, that's Wasatch, Wasatch Medical Clinic, 801-901-8000. We'll talk a little NBA basketball coming up right around the corner. Amy Donaldson at 430. Craig Bowlerjack at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. More next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.